tell you how the world is wrong. The world is wrong about Mad Dog Time, the Paperboy, Mordecai, after last season. The World is Wrong is an extremely positive podcast where Andras Jones and Brian Connolly champion films The World is Wrong About. Available on Paperhouse Network wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> hey, this is Scott Taylor from The Hard Way and Scott Taylor, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. <laughs> The Radio 8 Ball Show. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and this is the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. This is Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The Happening. 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 Where we are engaging the Pop Oracle using the Radio 8 Ball app, which is filled with every song recorded in the history of Radio 8 Ball, as well as a couple of hundred of my own. I hope by now you've downloaded the Radio 8 Ball app. If you're an iPhone user, it's free and allows you to play host and conduct your own musical divinations just as we do here on the show. The app also plays the latest podcast and selects the randomly chosen Pop Oracle song of the day. On last week's episode of Radio 8 Ball, Jordan Summers asked, Will the Dodgers win the World Series? And received as his randomly chosen answer, Invisible Girl, recorded live on Radio 8 Ball on KAOS in Olympia, Washington by Scott Taylor on July 26th, 2007. I'm not blacking out, I'm breaking through. When I'm all alone, I'm you. Well, the Dodgers won the World Series. It's the week of Halloween, and by the time the next one of these comes out, Election Day will have come and gone. What will be, will be. My vote is cast, and I hope yours is as well. With little else I can do to affect the outcome, I have turned my attention to welcoming my friend, and first client, Andy Schmushkin, back for his yearly visit, accompanied by his perennial autumnal classic, Punkin' Lovin'. I was so lonely last Halloween I don't know what came over me The jack-o'-lantern looked at me and Yeah, I fucked a pumpkin What can I say? I 
a fucking pumpkin Anyway, who's for judging? Pumpkin loving, pumpkin loving I went all the way and the candle wax Mingled with my juice The sad fact is I really had no excuse Cause she was sleeping in the very next room Just getting off on her witch's broom While I fucked a pumpkin What can I say? I fucked a pumpkin I'll post the link to the video directed by Sean Gear and co-starring Lisa Genio of the band Candy Pants in the show notes. Was this your first experience with Shmushkin? If so, I get how you may be confused, disoriented, and perhaps a little aroused. I discovered Shmushkin when we were both living in L.A. in the early aughts, 2003-2004. Writing together brought something out of me that I needed, and he appreciated. And now, 16 years later, we've made two albums, one released, and several videos. We've put on shows in clubs and theaters, and there was even a brief stretch a few years back when I invited Shmushkin to host a couple of Radio 8 ball shows with the Radio 8 band and with Peter David Connolly. This month, Shmushkin put out a new video featuring a song recorded live at the Grand Illusion Theater in Seattle, Washington on December 4th, 2019 as part of the Rostock Film Festival. Here's the audio, and I'll post a link to the video as well. I hope you dig it. You know, I got a new song I want to try out on you. Never played it before, so I hope I get it all right. Uh, it's a little bit braggadocio. I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a humble person. <laughs> I've got the best boundaries. And the biggest consent, all you bitches and hoes best believe. I got the hottest boundaries and the coolest consent, all the gasms I can ever achieve. Starts with the best boundaries all night long. Oh, 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 oh. And the greatest consent, so you know what I meant. Oh, 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 I got the best boundaries and the biggest consent. All you friendlies and foes best believe. I got the hardest boundaries and the wettest consent. All the gasms I could ever achieve. Starts with the best boundaries all night long and great consent. So you know what I meant. All you friendlies and foes and bitches and hoes and sisters and bros. May I continue? May I continue? May I continue? Yes, yes, yes. Now that's consent. I got the best boundaries and the biggest consent. All the gasms I can ever achieve. I got the most rigorous boundaries and the most 
enthusiastic as them. All you daddies and mo's best believe. I got the best boundaries all night long and great consent. <laughs> you know what I meant. All you friendlies and foes and sisters and bros and bitches and hoes. May I continue? May I continue? Yes. Can I get can I get even one no? Is there one no? No. Okay, where's your no coming from? I want to get into this because I think it's very important to understand that it's totally okay to interrupt something that's groovy and sexy to really explore someone's no. So let's just get intimate for a second. Where did your no come oh, from? Oh boy, uh, I'm from England and the moustache is just scaring me. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, I think I could get used to it. Okay, okay. Well, what would we, do you want? Do you want to touch it? If I can, that might make it. Come here. Come here. Okay, so now that we have some intimacy, may I continue? Yes. May I continue? May I continue? Yes, yes, yes. Once again, that's consent. Now, we got the best boundaries and the biggest consent all the gasms we could <laughs> achieve we've got the most rigorous boundaries and the most enthusiastic consent all you daddies and moes best believe starts with the best boundaries all night long Other than that, I'm going to keep my intro brief. Our guest, Scott Taylor, has a lot to say, and if you can follow him through the thicket of his thoughts, I promise you, you will be rewarded. If you enjoy these shows and you'd like to help other people find us, I'd like to invite you to share Radio 8 Ball with one friend this week. Maybe someone you share a synchronicity with. If you have the Radio 8 Ball app, you can explore your synchronicity together even deeper by asking a question about it and interpreting your pop oracle answer together. I know I say it every week, but I really encourage you to join our Patreon. Every week after our guest asks their question, we go backstage and I ask my question. These are available to our Patreon subscribers for just $1 a month, and this week's is intense. I hope you check it out. You can also help people find us by rating and reviewing Radio 8 Ball positively on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, please don't forget to hit subscribe in your podcast app so you'll get our episodes as soon as they are released. And before we get down to digging into some synchronicity with this week's guest, let's do as we always do and kick off the musical divination with the Pop Oracle Song of the Day from the day I had my conversation with Scott Taylor on October 25th, 2020. That song is Oakland from our fellow Olympian Jenny Jenkins, recorded live at Little Red Studio in Seattle, Washington on July 15th. 
October 25th, 2020, with Scott Taylor, whose song was the answer to the question on last week's episode. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, Scott. Hi, Andros. Thank you. You've been on the show more than most people. You've been on the version of the show on Radio 8 Ball at Chaos. You did it on Alternative Talk, 11.50 a.m. You've done the show live in... How like how many different venues have you done the show? I know once you were the Radio 8 band... It's interesting because listening to just the previous um, podcast for, uh, um, uh, for the last song there, um, uh, it got me to thinking about... You were talking about that the, the, the last song had come from... You were playing from two... Or, no, you were talking on the show, you were talking about 2004. Yeah. And how it... Uh, and then you drew that in connection to uh, to now. And it was around that time that I remember that you had, you know, with the first had... And I could be... It was it was one or the other of us. It was either me or Paul or both of us. I'm not sure. But, I, I you know, I think might have been the ones who were, were the actual guinea pig first live performers in the studio when it made the jump from uh, shuffle play and CD changer to to uh, uh, to be in live but I do definitely remember having my um, having my music on the shuffle play in there 
I can remember at least one time where, I mean, you'd, you'd asked me, you know, double-checked on any, you know, expletives, and I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I think this one's cool, I think it's cool, and I totally, innocently, completely forgot about a big old F-bomb that was on there, and it was pretty <laughs> funny because it got on the air, and I didn't even... You know what it is? Somehow, it. synchronicity loves profanity. If there's, if <laughs> you are, hey, if there's ten songs on a record and one of them has a swear word, if you're, and it's it's not an issue. We can swear as much as we want on the podcast. But back when we were governed by the FCC at Chaos. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, and Those I think about it now, and I was through. probably quickly racking my brain on there going, okay, yeah, yeah, I think we're good with this if you go with this track or this, you know, and uh, and then it just came up with, an, oh, oh, literally, like when you when you lock your keys in the car and realize it as you're shutting the door, and you go, oops, and, and you know, but, you know, kind of thing you wish you could say you meant to do that, but, eh. And that was That's right cool. around 2000, and... Yeah, on that show, I mean that was probably that may have even been 2003. I don't, I don't know, but the, but definitely around 2004. That was when you when you started having the live performances in the show. And I know that I was on there. I know that Paul was on there. I know that mm-hmm. Peter David Conley was on there. Uh, uh, Jenny Jenkins, I think, was probably on there. There oh, was because yeah. there was a couple of shows, you know, around that time that. It seemed like Paul Shrug still had his show on there. I think, uh, and Free Things Are Cool was still on there. Um, uh, yeah. But I definitely remember when you got when you got to actually got to go on the air because it kind of made I don't know it made sense to to uh, to make that jump. And then of course you went and did it with an audience after that after a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. And you've done. I, I'm trying to. I know we did it. Let me see. You were you you performed at Little Red Studios. Well, you've put, that's the thing is not only have you been on the show in as Scott Hill Taylor, but you've been on the show as a member of the Radio Eight Band with John in Hour. Columbia City Theater. You've been yeah. a m- member of the Radio Eight Band with John Marithew and Olivia Love in the Posies tribute version of the show. You've done it as the Hard Way. You. Trying to think. Of, oh yeah, and then there's. You're right. Then there's the one at the Columbia City Theater, where we the filmed episode was, with Ian. With Moore. Ian Moore, that was really pretty. And, and Tignataro, that was a, that was a pretty cool yeah. experience that day. Uh, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, we definitely. Yeah, you've been there for a lot of the gigs. So so this is uh, well this and and this is the first time that you're on in our season three the appening where we're using the Radio Eight Ball app to answer the questions. So, uh, so well, let's let's get into talking about your song, "Invisible Girl." I'm not blacking out. I'm breaking through. Which yes. you performed on Radio Eight Ball on Chaos on July twenty sixth, two thousand seven, and that was the answer to Jordan Summers' question about the Dodgers winning the World Series. First of all. I think I've been to a baseball game with you, but I'm not sure if you're actually a, a follower or a fan of baseball. What is what's your relationship to baseball, first of all? Well, uh, two things. One, yeah, we did go do a game together, and that was in 2005. That was a Mariners game up at uh, when I think it was still Safeco. Yeah. And it was the night that Star Wars, that uh, the last one of the ep- episode three, came out. I remember because we went and saw I went and saw the movie after that at midnight when it was done or whatever but um yeah i got that, I, I just got to say i'm just sitting here thinking like i can't think of anything 
I mean, you you may have enjoyed it. I hope you did. But in general, if you told someone, so I went to a Mariners game and then I went to episode three of Star Wars, it's like, that sounds like two of the most disappointing activities that you could engage in. <laughs> it's like, that sounds, that's a, I, I love the Mariners. So I, I enjoy, I enjoy a baseball game. Yeah, I don't feel like a Mariners seven, eight, game. Nine hadn't yeah. even come along yet. Yeah. So there was way more disappointing stuff. Yeah. After yeah. That. Right. It's not over. It's never over. It's never over. <laughs> it's never going to be over now. No, no. Uh, yeah, we did it. We we haven't. It hasn't come out yet, but we recorded an episode on "The World Is Wrong," my new podcast about films, about Solo, which I actually, I you know, surprise, surprise, I actually liked. I actually liked Solo, and I I I, I won't turn this into that podcast, but uh, <laughs> so uh, so it's, have you have you seen Solo? Yeah, I've watched, I I watched that one. I I to be fair on that one, I twice fell asleep watching it, and it was I was really really tired and a little bit uh, baked. So I you know I don't it, it I I'd probably have to really watch it again. I did really like Rogue One when I saw. Oh yeah, it. I mean, yeah, me too. Those it's just as far as the main part of the canon with the seven, eight, and nine. When seven came out, it seemed like everybody was turning cartwheels. I saw basically a reboot of number four and said to myself, why? And uh, and just thought it was kind of fan pandering. Everything that, It's sort of like, you know, I don't know, this might be a broad, compare, big, big difference, but maybe not too much in some ways, but it's sort of like, you know, on the revenge on, on the prequels, we finally got what we were wanted, you know, all the Trumpists of the world who were, the, that's the way that I saw it. I'm like, you people, you're going to turn around and see that you're just asses here and you know then episode eight will come out or whatever and you know it'll all wear off strange thing is is of the three episode eight which kind of appalled me when i initially saw it i probably liked the best of the three because it completely flipped the finger to the whole thing and and asked the question of like what is the point of what we're even doing right now yeah and ryan ryan johnson's great but wait a second I, we, I, we can't anyway, go into was, we can't go we can't go into the star wars too much because we get to we yeah. I mean, we could talk about Star Wars, but we're here to talk about your song. You created right. Invisible Girl. Now tell so do you have any sense of how that song either how that song might relate to Jordan's question or any just interesting thing you want to share with us uh, us about the song or if there's any any sort of larger sync for you about that song coming up this week? Well, there were um I guess, like, broadly speaking, if I remember back, like, you know, writing it, that was probably a couple of years before the time that I that I, act, that I played it on this performance. And later was a song that was on the Hardway's first album. But um, when I wrote it, um, there were, musically, it was, I don't know, I was in this just sort of, like, huge, like, a bunch of songs that kind of all sounded like bad ripoffs of a certain era of The Who, which I kept trying to trying to rewrite <laughs> the same song better and better and better, but I don't know if I actually did. But the lyrically, um, the first the first thing that I wanted to point out on there was the opening line of the song. Actually, I should get to that. And is I'm not blacking out. I'm breaking through because I remember when I when that line hit me hit me, I was like, oh man, that's that's a good one. And and I didn't 
and there were no bar napkins around. And I literally had to remember that one until I got home. And I was down <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the local, uh, was it the Brotherhood at the time. And uh, I mean, I, I used to write a lot of songs in my head that way. There was, you know, it, it was that his favorite song. That was written in one bar watching the TV with the sound turned down while there was an open mic. Free was another song. That was another bar. Well, people were, you know, I don't know. But that one, um, yeah. I uh, definitely, I, I got, and then in, in from there, it was like one of those verses that just kind of flowed. I don't know, there was this, um, it seemed like I'd, uh, I had a lot of junk down in my basement in my house that I lived in, and there was just so much crap down there, but there would be times where I would just sit down there in my little practice space and play and play, but then I would also just sleep and sleep on this couch that was down there, and it'd be covered with cats, and sometimes... You know, if I had all the carpets and stuff, or whatever, you know, I could be down there for a long time, and it was sort of like the world was invisible. And I think that's where the phrase kind of first of it originally came that way. But that got actually got sort of slid in there sideways because that really wasn't even the original name of the song. I was kind of going at a different thing because I was writing the song. At, a, at the bar, and all the lyrics were on there and were the same. But um, what were the original lyrics? Well, I would, there's the title of the song, and it literally was just because it just I couldn't get it to sound good without laughing my ass off in my head. Um, and, okay, when people from the East Coast, like a lot of times they'll pr- pronounce things differently from the West Coast, so things like, like in Washington State, there are a lot of local, you know, tribal pronunciations that are easily mispronounced. If you, you know, a lot of people, it's, you know, fun to watch them try to save you out. But, you know, for east to west coast kind of thing, basically I'm saying that like, um, uh, if you're, <clears throat> if you're in the, uh, west coast, uh, in, in it's Oregon, but I've, so many people that I've ever met on the east coast, it's Oregon, you know, and it'll be pronounced, you know, all uh, long like that, I guess, or whatever. But then again, if I look at a map of Massachusetts and, you know, if I see, you know, something that says, you know, Worcester or something, and, you know, I'd probably go be like Worcester or Ham or whatever. And even though, I'll, you know, it's it's these strange little isms like that. Anyway, it was my brain hearing somebody or something saying that in the bar, and it got me off going on. Um, uh, I don't know. It was a, it was a, a girlfriend at the time that uh, was. Well, it's not really. She was sort of almost a girlfriend kind of thing for like a little while on and off. And, um, but uh, it like spurred into a song like how, I mean, and she was like moving to Oregon at the time. And I had a previous girlfriend a few years before that who had moved to Oregon. And uh, and I almost, almost moved to Portland back in like 2000, 2001. And I mean, um, it was like a really, it was like this close. But um so I, I, it was just sort of stupid pun in my head in in uh, the you know all of these there was a couple of lines or things in the song I mean where I was talking about things that were very much like the two uh, was that the two too many sad red blues on my floor that that was a kind of just a, a cheesy like cuss attempt at, at, at trying to turn around me saying two pairs of sad red shoes on my floor uh, which is kind of a funny one. this huh. is just one of, like, extricating the song because this is this girl at the time we both had like these same kind of red shoes 
and and somehow maybe that tied to Elvis and maybe subconsciously I went to that when I wrote it. Anyway, I was trying to like make it like scan better because the more that I sang it, I was trying to feel like, dude, all the women, you know, so they all, the old joke of all my exes live in Texas. Well, gosh, all my, all my exes moved to, to Oregon. And the joke can go further because the one after that, even after we broke up, you know, a few years after we did, she moved to Oregon. And to break that even further, she now lives in Texas. So, you know, the whole joke's really on me. But I'm glad I didn't call the song Oregon because there was some like silly like 90s indie part of me that thought okay I was kind of joking but it would have I liked the song too much and I thought it rocked too much and um I didn't want it to be some stupid song so and so this little invisible world thing that I felt like every time when you know I'd be lying down there covered in cats while I'd be just sleeping you know half the afternoon away uh in my basement be like looking through the peering through the tiny little windows at the invisible world that's kind of I, I just that was the that's when they made this and okay that sounds better to sing invisible world so those are just some kind of quick glimpses like that i can remember of like sort of where that came from it was the who and uh, basically a bunch of like an ex-girlfriend, a kind of current sort of girlfriend, and like a girlfriend that wasn't even I wasn't even in the picture yet. But it was, it was and a couch full of cats, a couch full of cats, and you know probably just the whole thing in my head being like you know which is when honestly now that I think about it because I listened to I haven't listened to that in a long long time any version of that song and. Um, <laughs> I think it's just honestly like it's pretty basic in the way of like, um, you know, you know that cheesy old, uh, will I ever find true love or whatever? But it, you know, at the same time, I don't know. I don't, you know, it doesn't seem like anything is. Yeah, nothing's forever. Nothing's real. All that kind of stuff. When, what, how old was I when I wrote that? Like, probably if I wrote that in 2003, I was, yeah, like 27. So I didn't know what I was talking about anyway. But, you know. But no, you know how to write a good song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, th- I think it's interesting that we're talking about the sort of the geography because that sort of brings us to the song of the day for today, uh, October 25th, every. Every day, the Pop Oracle, that's the Radio 8 Ball app, uh, selects a randomly chosen song of the day from all of the songs that are in the app, and that ends up showing up on the website. And if one of those is, whenever one of those plays, we talk about it on the day we record. You already mentioned Jenny Jenkins, and it's her song, Oakland. What will happen when I get home? Will you greet me with open arms? And uh, I just think, you know, we, we got Texas, we got Oregon or Oregon. I, that is a pretty cool name for a... <laughs> it, well, well, it, Oregon is a pretty good name for problem, a song, but... Except I was going to spell it like that somehow, so it would have had the, an E on the end. Right. And I just couldn't quit, like, seeing Goo Gone or something like that. And I, I, these strange visualizations I sometimes get I thought it was a cool little point and I can be Oregon you know and either that they're all Oregon or whatever and I couldn't quite figure out how to yeah I get it me just kind of 
something in me just kind of so that's just like a you know it's not like it's scrambled egg turning into yesterday or anything but it's you know something i knew is like i uh, didn't feel as good well about it, so. let's let's mosey on down the five we're past oregon and now we're or oregon and now we are heading towards oakland uh, where uh so right. jenny jenkins has this song oakland had you heard the song oakland before yeah, I think yeah, I I remember hearing that song. I definitely remember um, a couple of the lines in there and the refrains about just um, the, the 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 general um, <laughs> thing that and then this connects actually everything else too. And the, the way that she the, a lot of the, the the distress that she seems to be you know um, articulating in that song, a lot of it at the time just seemed like God, you know, seems like. That was probably how my girlfriend at the time was feeling when I was just oblivious to so much, you know, stuff, you know. And I realized that a lot of, you know, there are like these certain selfish things about, you know, ourselves. Maybe, maybe they're good. Maybe they're not. Maybe we don't just don't realize them. Maybe we, you know, maybe later you kind of go, ah, yeah. That's kind of sucky that I, I didn't see that I that I was like that because I can see it now, honestly, that I probably was like that to a lot of people. And, and um, it'd be one thing if I could, you know, own it and be like, okay, yeah, like I meant to do that, but I really, I didn't. And uh, I just, I kind of, when I think about it from, because I've been on, on both sides of those kinds of, in, in relationships before where, you know, there's one person who's really, really, you know, wanting to make it go with something, and the other, you know, person who's like, well, no, it's just things are fine right now, or whatever, or I don't, you know, or it's it's tough dealing with other people. You know, I've been you know, single for a long time now, again, longer than I think I've ever been before that, or longer than I'd ever let myself be. And yeah, I think about it now, I mean, gosh, you really, you're gonna like. And be in any kind of relationship, you're tying yourself up with something. That's a kind of a, I don't know, from the way I'm at right now, it just seems like a serious pain in the ass. But for me, because it, it would seem like it was just, it's, that's, it's, it's a probably a, a beautiful complication. And I know that it is because I've been in the middle of it and I know what it feels like. And it's great. And that's why I hurt so bad when it's gone. But sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you could, I could see how one person, and this isn't just even just for romantic things. I see, I can see this in friendships. I've seen this in, in bands and other things. Because I think I really probably haven't been a very good guy. Like you know, honestly, I thought about it a lot. Like, I'm just being, you know, real with myself, and I can't really do anything about about that. You know, but it doesn't really matter. But I hear something like that, and it just makes me think of all the times of. You know, when I look around now and I see other people, maybe other guys who are taking for granted, you know, or other other way around, a woman who might be taken for, or in any situation, whatever, it doesn't matter, you know, gender, yeah. regardless, whoever, you know, if a person's kind of taking another person for granted, the, the person doing that, you know, they, they either may not realize, or if they do, it, yeah, it, it hurts them, but... And, not as much as the other person who, who's on the other side, and to the point where you know the way that I love it, that she expressed in the songs, it gets you know almost to the point of you just 
expressing it almost violently. Like, you know, you because it does. I mean, love, which is supposed to conquer all, is the thing that seems to also rip everything apart, like harder than everything, you know. And and I guess that's why people try so hard to hold on to it. But um, I don't know. Again, those are just some quick blast images, and I probably just laid a lot of honesty out there, which I just figure anymore. What the hell? I don't care. So no, anyway. it's that's really. I mean, I think Jenny would be honored to have provided that reflection and as i was listening i think anyone who's listening to that something about being being honest in that way it's it's one of it's it's so counterintuitive is like the person who's sharing this stuff feels like the person out there is going to be judging it or thinking about them but as you were saying it your honesty was making me reflect on my own behavior and my own lack of awareness in the past. I feel like when people are honest in that way, emotionally honest, what it really does is it inspires the listener to maybe be like, oh, I should, I'm inspired. That feels, it feels good to be honest in that way, even in my listening and saying, yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. I could, I mean, anyone who listens and doesn't feel the same way and if they've lived any kind of life, it still has that that to look that awareness to look forward to uh, i think it i mean unless you are you know have some some weird imbalance i think it's impossible not to at some point have those moments where you realize yeah i have even with the best of intentions because when you say that you haven't been a good guy you've always been a good guy but i know exactly what you're saying is that there are ways that you or i and i and everyone we know has behaved in the past when even though we may have been good guys or good good gals, we were also unconscious guys or gals and ignorant and of ourselves in ways that only life can teach you. So, so right. like you said, like when you were twenty seven, you key, could you, know? you could write a great song, but you couldn't figure out how to return someone's phone call. You bastard! Oh, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> You're really good at yeah, that. Well, I, I gotta mean, say, I, you, you've gotten to a point. You've gotten to a point where you, man, I loved it. You got back to me right away about this stuff. I was so appreciative. I was like, ah, oh, this is great. If you could go back in time and meet the Scott Taylor of 2004 and that cat couch, uh, getting him to return a phone call or an email was, you know, you just had. I just had to come by and be like, okay, let's play some Elvis and Costello and Paul McCartney songs. I don't know. You probably remember that basement. I do. Too. I mean, oh yeah, we, it, had a, yeah. it had an awesome jam room, but there was just like. There were tons of computer uh, part. There was a copy machine. There was this Xerox machine. That's a whole other story. It's ridiculous. But but yeah, it, it, you could barely walk through there. And somehow or another, there was just always music going on in there and people coming in back and forth. But uh, you couldn't barely, uh, you know, my cats blended in nicely, camouflaged in there. You've lived in some interesting you know what i guess we we've never i don't have we ever talked about it on the show about you've lived in some in, some wild and historic places in olympia and you currently and for a while have resided in a place of some note in olympia that has meant that people are showing up outside your tourists show up outside your apartment to take pictures of your front door because of a famous resident is that you want to i opened this can of worms 
Shall we talk about uh, it? It's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not as bad as like you know when you know when you have a friend giving your right home and a couple other people a right home and mentions, oh yeah, by the way, Scott listens, and then you want to come up and see. I've had people, which is really you know, yeah, whatever you know, and so you know people get. I, I get it, you know. But it's uh, I was just anyway, it's funny. No, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, there's I mean, yeah, a, you can ask about it. Well, there's just a funny synchronicity because I'm I'm preparing on the World Is Wrong podcast. We're gonna we're recording or we started. We're in the middle of recording a episode about John Bryan as a just oh wow as a composer and film and then just in general. And I, so I was just listening to a podcast with him and he was talking about what a huge fan of Nirvana he is like how what what a big influence what a big impact they had on him and how he still thinks of them as one of his favorite bands and I was listening to that as I was you know thinking of being on the phone with you today and I know that you I think of you as being a similar type of musician as John Bryan and you're also well, you're also a huge fan of Nirvana, and that's what we were talking about. You live in one of in Kurt Cobain's old apartment. Right, might as well give the spoiler there. Uh, but, uh, but I think that one of those things that I think that's really interesting about that, you know, from a for me as a synchronistic, is that you are a huge fan of Kurt Cobain and of Nirvana, and they were definitely an influence on you, and yet you didn't seek out this place for that reason. You the house chose you it's like a haunted house thing it's like you <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> you know you it's not you're like you're a fan and you sought this place out it's that here in olympia you just sort of landed there because it was a good deal right and it, it happens that way it, well with this house it seems like it happens that way with a lot of people i mean there's the one there's you know three apartments in here and there's the one that's kind of the main one that's the big one and and takes up most of the house and there's just always been um like a, it's just always, uh, well, it's, it's just never been vacant. And, you know, I think that there's just always several people in there at once if somebody moves out and another person moves in. And I know, I've known so many, so many friends who have lived, uh, you know, in, in, <laughs> in that apartment. And, um, and I, even a few who lived in, there's, there's one other one, there's a, there's one other little one besides the one that I live in that, that um, that, that uh that Gert had also lived in and uh um, I, that one that one's kind of interesting because it, it's it's been uh kind of a airbnb thing for the last several years but um uh but people kind of stay there more long term on it I, I think a lot of the time than rather than than just for like a week or or rather than a weekend or something like that and because um, there were there were some issues <laughs> with that when that first started too, with a lot of people from out of town coming in and raising raising a little bit of annoying, um, being a little bit annoying. And do they advertise it as the Kurt Cobain apartment or something like I that? I don't know. I mean, I know you can look it up on online um, that it's because it's um, you know one fourteen Paris Street, and I don't know. Uh, now you're giving out your address on a podcast, man. You're just... I'm not... Uh, <laughs> everybody, you know, if I had... if I had, I used to have I uh, my uh, old phone for a long time. I'd 
was thinking about it recently when I was throwing out a bunch of old junk of mine. And uh, one thing I never did when I moved in here that I could have done uh, was plugged my phone into the jack on the wall because up until, well, up until a couple of years now, but uh, but for the first, you know, when I first lived here, the, the old phone number was still hooked up and that's how the internet and everything was all connected to that line and everything. Um <clears throat> Through through the bundle or whatever the the, the, the landlord had, and, and and I guess it was uh, you know the landlord didn't even tell me at times when, when it was vacant in here that they would leave uh, uh, an answering machine in here and just get people would people would call because there are phone numbers in the books you know in all the books you come as you are in all the books but uh, it's like the Juliet letters uh, yeah exactly you're they're, you know, no one will ever receive them but you're 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 sending out these and and. And I thought, and I never, I never got, uh, got around to setting that up because um, I never actually plugged in a real phone. I was here, but I often thought, God, that would be funny to just get some random mess, you know, messages here and see, you know, people calling and, you know, and saying hi and from, t- you know, into the ether or, or whatever, you know. <laughs> wow, I'd let you know. It's it, uh, if you're out there and you're listening, maybe like a, a Kurt Cobain. Uh, version of the Juliet letters. Make it happen, people. Someone should do that. Like, these are... Because the whole thing of the Juliet letters with uh, Elvis Costello and the Brodsky Quartet is that they didn't actually... Those aren't... It's a, this uh, For people who aren't familiar with this, Elvis Costello and the Brodsky Quartet, Ray, uh, they wrote a series of songs based upon an article they read about the post office box in Verona for Juliet. Yeah, and this is long before QAnon or anything, yeah. man. People were believing in wacky, well, wacky Whatever, stuff. yeah. Like, I mean, and you know, it's just maybe it's a poetic, <laughs> who knows what it was, but they would receive letters to Juliet. And so, but the thing is, if you're a fan of that, some people thought, oh, these are all based upon actual letters. These were, this is fanciful. So someone could do this. Like, imagine... Not the Juliet letters, but the Cobain answering machine, or the vo- the Cobain voicemail, and like someone should do a, a version of the Cobain voicemails, like the Juliet letters. And if you did it musically in the style of concept. Nirvana, right? You know, we should do this, man. That's you know, <laughs> my bra- I'm not as big a Nirvana concept. fan as you, but maybe that's part of the key. Is like you need to have someone who you need to have someone who's not as worshipful. But I can also see that you know is a uh, you know for that matter you work in a Randy Newman kind of an angle into that sort of an idea that would you know I could yeah I'm, well that's a that's I could see something in there. Wow, can you imagine? That's one of those those collaborations that actually could happen, could have happened if Cobain, like Kurt Cobain and Randy Newman doing the sound. Now that would have been like, yeah, the toys, that, toys I four. I never thought of or heard anybody <laughs> mention that. Now that would have been. I'd like to. That I would like to have. Uh, I yeah. would like to have uh, beheld that. Well, while we're in a fanciful <laughs> mode. Let us let us shift to the realm of the pop oracle. It's oh, time. Oh, one more thing on the John Bryan thing. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, just uh, incidentally, because we kind of had that little piece way back in the end of the beginning of that, and uh, uh, yeah, because I mean that's one of the you know you mentioned that. I mean when I first met you, that was kind of you know. Uh, we believe it was that whole thing with the Grays was how it in jellyfish and and, and it was how it kind of. Uh, first connected with you on a lot of music and then you really introduced me to 
you know all about the world of John Bryan and and uh, it's uh, there's something really uh, you know that uh, I wanted to bring up here that was just it was just crucial because I mean it's it's been something that's been really really like almost a mantra for me lately that got me you know kind of really going again and that was this you know uh, hit, uh, you know really really digging into some of his ethos for in and for the um, you know, it's a long story short that, that there's, you know, I don't know, there's some article he did like 20 years ago or something where he um, where he talked all about a lot of the things that we've talked about together before, but, I mean, the way that he would, you know, how he, the order he would track, I mean, but in particular the way he re- recorded this this uh, really famous Fiona Apple, uh, Fiona Apple album and the way that he did it. And when I read that and, and I was reading everything on else in there, it's just like a light bulb went off in my head, and I went, "Okay, we're all clear now. I get this. Okay, yeah, this, it's like I, 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 I see what you mean, and this is, you know, he, he, he just like musically, which, he, you know, he and Brian Wilson and other people like that can already do. He was able to take something, some other block that I felt like that I had in my way, and make it seem like it wasn't that hard to move, or maybe it." it wasn't now it's not that hard to move and um it's been uh like a really crucial piece of inspiration for me you know lately little little sayings like uh demos shouldn't exist i love that as something and then this article and the idea being that okay of course get get down the idea of a song you know right away when you get it and crap it out and that's fine but otherwise go from the mindset of building it you know from there and and um uh, go, you know, start from wherever the point is that is the core of the song, and if that means you know you just sing and play the song, or you know just play the song on the, the instrument that you wrote it on, and build it out from there. And as long as you can keep it all lined up and keep it together, so that you can put the other stuff in later, it it made a lot of sense to me in a way that things didn't before. And that is that wait a minute, if you go to add drums later to all this, that's going to make you get way more into the way you're playing and not get as much of a I just, I really, really got what he said about, you know, too much, you, you can run the risk of getting too much of this sort of too safe and too much of a of a smooth bedrock on everything where everything is stable and you can build from it, but you're not allowing enough to happen. And it just, it just, it turned on a whole different way of me thinking about things that I haven't really... Um, it ties in with obsessive compulsive disorder and a whole bunch of other things, and, and um, I'm for the first time and feeling like you know a lot of a lot of things. I, I, uh, it's, it's being symbiotic in, in some way, but it just I don't know that whole thing and that ties to you. So I should just mention that because like everything, um, I've just been keeping, you know kind of his whole philosophy and a lot of that stuff like forthright in my head and and, and to remember that what I'm doing I shouldn't do it for any other reason than to make something uh, as, as great as my ears can possibly you know want to get in it you know roll with it and snowball with it and go with it and um, you know you uh, after a while, you can look at it and go, "Holy smokes! Like, <laughs> where, where did this? You know, it, it's the same thing as listening to a song, like like listening to a song that you wrote a long time ago, and going, 
But you know, well, where's all these lyrics and stuff like that? I haven't thought about that. And only now you're you kind of uh, maybe put it together, uh, put it to use in a broader sense of hopefully more than just a song. I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know if that made any kind of sense. Oh no, it, that's when, yeah. the fact that you brought it up. I felt that it was necessary, and then then there's the whole tie-in with the Boston thing and all that earlier. So there was, you know, I know there's, yeah, you know, certain things you you told me, you know, a long time ago about you understood what it means when he's singing about you know meet you under the sit go sign. See, I again, there's that East Coast West Coast thing. I have no idea the heck that means sitco someplace that sells gas or used to sell gas at, you know yeah but they have this but... sign uh, uh <laughs> right on the charles river that the lights go in and out and in and out and before i had even seen well i guess i had always seen it in the summer when i would go back from with my family but before my first awareness of the sitco sign was my mom talking about taking peyote and watching the sitco sign before i knew what sitco or peyote was but oh, it just wow. sounded kind of like a th- so and you then- were probably thinking about a coyote and <laughs> uh, uh i knew it again, was good- i knew it was no i'd seen enough i'd seen like dumbo and i knew that like if you drink funny concoctions you see pink elephants and shit so i, I kind of could fi- I, and my dad was a psychologist so i kind of knew like something about you know, you could do stuff that made you see stuff weird. Um, but anyway, so my point is that, uh, yeah, they're, they're, that's what the Sitco sign is. If people are listening and they don't know what this is. And underneath the Sitco sign is an early John Bryan demo from the when. It's he, from that really cool yeah, demos album. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, it's, you know, it's so funny working on doing an episode about John Bryan, I thought, I know enough I've, I know enough to talk with someone who's a fellow fan or with people who don't know, but now that we're doing an episode about it, I feel compelled to become even more of an expert. And it just, it's daunting. There's so much to listen to. Today I listened to oh, his yeah. Miranda Lee Re- Richards record, and I listened to his Rhett Miller record, and I was listening through a bunch of Jerry Lee Lewis records, He's been on a couple of Jerry Lee Lewis records, trying to hear what parts him. Well, he, he's he's like ninety years old now too, and he like he's pretty much like the yeah. last one of those original like. Yeah, well, only the good really. die young, you know. God damn it! Wish Little Richard had <laughs> outlived him. <laughs> uh, anyway, Carl Perkins or no know. fair, no fair. Let's so that we don't know about these people. But anyway, right. uh, yeah, I'm. It's always that's why. Uh, I mean, it's. I was. So I was the other thing I was listening to John Bryan talk about was like he. I don't care. He's like I don't care about being more famous or whatever. Which I really get about him and his music. And I was thinking, so why are we doing this episode to promote him? And I was like, no, this isn't for John Bryan. This is so I have more people to talk about John Bryan with. I'm sick of saying, do you know who this person is? And they're like, no. And then I'm like, oh, well, do you know the, Do you know Fiona Apple? Do you know Amy Mann? When in reality, do you know, they, they you do. You totally they know. know jo- do. do you know the music for Magnolia? Do you know the music for Eternal Sun? Yeah, all that's one guy. Like, like It's not all one guy because Fiona Apple is totally Fiona Apple and she's awesome on her own. But the collaboration with John Bryan, if you know that sound, you're like, oh, yeah, that's the same thing as Amy Mann. And that's also the same thing as Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. And that's the same thing as Punch Drunk Love. And that's the same thing as the, you know, the or- orchestrations on 
Beyonce's Lemonade. And you're like, oh, shit. I guess I do know who that guy is. Anyway, but we're not here to talk about John Bryan. We're here to talk about you, Scott Taylor. You clever guy getting it off you. But uh, you can't do that because you got to ask a question unless you're going to ask a question about John Bryan. Oh, my question has to be for, for John Bryan. No, no, no. Your question is just about anything you want to ask a question about. I was just joking. I was just saying we can... If, it doesn't it, have to be about John Bryan? No, or? please. Please don't... That's... I wasn't <laughs> trying to plant a, sub, a subliminally plant a, a oh, message. Okay. You can ask... You should ask... Did you did you have something in mind? Do you have a question in mind? Um. Well, yeah. I kind of been thinking about it a little bit this afternoon, I guess. Um... And uh, I don't. Know, I, I guess it's kind of just tied into sort of a little bit of what I, a lot of what I was just talking about just now, and that is, um, I guess, I don't know. Broadly speaking, you know, I, and I'll tie this actually. Now that I think of it, I'll tie it into the into the lyric from, from the last song of mine too. But what were you gonna say? Them. I was just gonna say you could be specific too. You said generally, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I thought about it as I was going. Uh, as it was, uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> and that is that uh, since I, you know, I thought I reflected on that lyric too. That I'm not blacking out. I'm breaking through because uh, that first line of Invisible Girl, where because to be truthful, I mean, I black out left and right a lot of times during that era in those days and so that was a good joke to be like you know hey shut up no not this time I'm breaking through I got it and so I guess in in that spirit um, like now well not not blacked out I'm not blacked out now but um, uh, but will will I will I make my masterpiece And I guess that just entitles, like, I mean, uh, being, you know, will I, you know, really break through, you know, and 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 it being down, you know, tied in with all of this, you know, this sort of with the COVID and, and everything where everybody's he's not been able to go regular. I mean, so most people don't have band practices like regular anymore. If they do, they're you know, it's it's weird, you know, or it's it's distanced, and and I think I've you know for maybe part of this has made me more anxious to play than it has in a long time because of the fact that it's you know a, a lot of the things whether they were depression or whatever that you know keep me you know from um, from fully feeling a lot of things for some reason I don't know like. Um, I feel like this, this, some sort of just this, this angst that everyone's, you know, sharing of, um, you know, I don't know. It's it's making me a lot. Of, a lot of it is I really wish that I really wish that I could be out rocking really loud right now. There's one side of me really wants to get out and and just play guitar and rock and and scream and and, and do that kind of thing and release that energy. But the bigger thing I realize is just this music, this this internal sort of constant song that's always going. You know, I was talking to a friend a couple of weeks ago. Well, I was I got together actually with with 
with Luke from the hard way and we played for a couple of hours and we hadn't played together in a long time and neither of us hadn't really played with anybody through all this and and you know I, I remember just mentioning something about you know talking about these some of these same feelings I'm talking about now and you know this epiphany that like and when I think about it there's just always always some song going on through you know all the time in in through my head and whether you know it's better to try and pay attention to that than to any little tangential OCD things that try to you know nag at me and and take me away because um I wind up I wind up getting mad at like music and then I wind up getting just sucked down at this way it's a weird heavy trip man and, and it's hard to describe but um but when I hear these things and they're so completed and I know how to do them, I know how to get them out. But sometimes when it's just, you know, hard enough to, you know, you know, do a lot of normal um, things, you, 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 I don't know, maybe you got to get to a point where you just either you get really, really fed up or you just start to begin to create your own mania again because mania helps make things happen a little better. <laughs> and and um, uh, in the way that I've been doing that is just to try to get myself to like, okay, just say, you know, get on and do it. And, and if you, there you go, you laid a, you know, you laid a track, you laid another one and, and sketch it take all of these it's so much easier you know when i remember that i remember how to do this stuff if you you know i i, I could you know sit down like i uh, in and jot down da, 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 and extracts of these getting pretty quickly i've done this before with you working on sessions with you where you try out different ideas you lay them down you can get a lot done in the afternoon that way you might not use half of it but just let let it flow out like that but the key is is once I get one that's pretty good, then I move on to the next thing and I call. I just say check on that. And if I have anything in my head and say, well, I'm not sure about the fidelity or this or that, or maybe I want it on something else I can do, screw you. We're coming back to it later. We'll move on to the next thing now. Let's see if we can come up with a shitty bass part and come up, you know, and work it into something good and then, you know, stack on there. And I have to make it, I have to make it exciting to me. I have, because the thing is, is for me, like, the things I love most in life, I, I literally will be like, the, I'm like the only person just about it that I feel like that I ever met who could like just not get excited. I mean, even if I really was, and then I find out, oh, it's not gonna happen. Maybe you just get used to disappointment enough or whatever, but there've been a lot of times where really good things did wind up transpiring for me in my life, and I almost didn't care whether I was gonna take a shot at it or not. And, um, uh, you know, I now I, I feel like just only in, I, I, crawl inside the song, you know, and see if if you can just if you can't make if I can't make sense of anything else from there. I'm I'm just uh, I I too many too. There's just too many things in in the world that I feel like I just like get the wrong parts of my attention, and I'm fucking tired of it. And I got I just. I don't, you know, pardon my <clears throat> expletives, but uh, it's uh, but it's all it, it's all just been this deep frustration, and it, and it just there's so many there's this just immense backlog of, of material that I have right now, and even now getting you know finally freshening myself into ideas like saying okay, well, just again, 
hit each song as you get whichever one you want to do. What's the one at the moment that seems like you need to do right now? Okay, do this and do it in a song. But I, I, you know, I figured out things in ways that I hadn't it should have made so much sense to me. But when you're just in a certain kind of darkness, you don't see these things because you just can't get up. And um, I, I want to keep this feeling going. I've been trying to do things to, you know, for a long time. I mean, over the last several years, I've made radical changes and been much healthier than I probably ever have been. You know, I take a lot better care of myself and I eat right and I exercise and sleeping is still difficult, in, at least in terms of being in a, any sort of regular rhythm. And it's very hard because my mind will just go and go and then when it wears out and, and my body wants to sleep when I don't want it to. And trying to resolve, you know, my, I think naturally, lifelong, I am probably naturally more nocturnal. I've tried to fight that. And I, um, it's, it, it's, it's weird, but you, you, most, most of the things I want to try to get done, <laughs> I try to do during the day. So it's what way to, how can I, how can they be realistic in making, you know, making sort of a plan for myself and saying, all right, you know, because you, you've got what, what you need to do this year. You need to do it. And, and, and I'm excited about like, so far, like everything I've done with and, and wanting to go as much as I can with it being just me, like as far as I can with it and, and taking into consideration every type I've already, you know, I just keep note of like, okay, here's who I think I'm going to need to call on for this side or whatever. And only because of like, because right here, this part needs this person, you know, and, and, um, just thinking about it is, you know, is, is, is this work of something that I, you know, and I have fragments of this that I have been woodshitting at, woodshitting at on for a while now, and over the past year, I mean, there's now this sort of loose framework of, you know, in in this folder that keeps expanding here with with these things, and and just the the efforts just grown a little bit more concerted now because I I think I have enough there to look at and go, okay, wait a minute, look at this dude, you got something real here, and you don't have to think about it as like what, you know, nothing. Just keep adding the tracks to it, and just keep, you know, building it up like that because the the, the thing about it is is all the songs, several of which you very familiar with. I mean, there's a couple of songs on there. There's at least one of them that is like one of the best songs I think I ever did. But but what I've got laid down for it and everything here is like, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, it's it makes me, I haven't felt that in a while, but it's also because the, the, the relevance of, of the songs on so many different levels. I just, I, I feel like it's something what I've never really had before, like when I'm where I can really, you know, kind of put the, sh I'm feeling it really in, in the now, and every decision that I'm making, I mean, musically, of, of all of the, uh, my Brian, my Brian, both Wilson and John Brian, brain trying to be like, okay, you know, right now there's one song where I'm just, you know, been sketching out all of this percussion for going through linearly in, in the song, okay, where is this, and all these little things which, 
the things that pop out to me when I'm going around and I'm running and I'm listening to stuff and I'll hear stuff shoot out from the right and pop into the left out and you go, whoa, it is, you know, and it only appears once, but I never noticed it until that one time. And, and, and then I realized, oh yeah, that was like, you know, all these little, again, we talk about all these kind of things before, but just knowing that like when they can sit here and just kind of just keep hitting click and click, the funny thing is, is it's, I don't know. It's I don't know what it's funny. It's just it's not as stressful if I just feel like if I tell myself I just don't give a damn. But I but I'm gonna I I need to do this, you know. And um, I uh, I just wanna you know I I, I want to uh, I don't know what you know, anything at the other end of it or whatever what that means. With I I you know I I. I hope to get, you know, if it means that I hope to feel some sort of, you know, relief from, you know, finally, have, you know, when you build all of this stuff up and, you, and you've and you got it, and especially when you have, you know, you're playing with a band for a long time and then you don't, you know, we haven't played in a long time either, you know, you say, there, okay, there's some stuff, for example, that I think that I do want them to play on for this, you know, you still, you you know, you're, you, it's, it's weird when you kind of feel like you've been sort of physically off your chops that way, but mentally, that's what, I think that's what it did, it mentally, it's just, I got tired of, you know, just, just exploding that way, I mean, I, I, I wrote dishes, I wrote dishes all the time while I wrote, washed songs, see, yeah, haha, <laughs> no, but while washing dishes, you know, uh, you know, I knew, uh, as a dishwasher, you know, writing yeah. songs and, and, in my head doing going away like that and and just always thinking of like i said this like there's just constantly in this newtonian sort of you know the universe constantly just being in motion i just realized man everything is just this one constant you know wave function that of uh, uh, the, of this particular one in my head that is always and I think back I'm going dude maybe that's what it is maybe that's what's connected to your memory and everything all the way back is there's always a song and that they're they, somehow these things when I for you know you can forget about them but they're locked in these little folders and every once in a while you you, know, you open it back up and kind of go you know, yeah there's uh, it's just like it's the same song but you just you want to jump in and, and kind of grab it and 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 wherever you're at at the time, and I don't know, I I like the idea of just the immediacy of it, and it's good to not be. Um, um, I don't want to make crappy stuff that that sounds overwrought because I realize how how much that some the differences between now well, the way I like the, you know a lot of things modern recorded or uh, sound versus other things, you know, and um, I don't know, I. I I feel like I just I feel a lot of raw human nerve that, that I just want to just basically vomit out and more of it will probably be pretty as opposed to uh, you know <laughs> ugly this time but uh, and, and, and I, I kind of hope that you know I could just make Make the thing that I've always really wanted to make, and that also just like I asked myself, you know, like some time back, like if I, you know, if I was a little kid, you know, if this is the Beatles, you know, just 
make a Beatles album for yourself. Doesn't that can mean whatever it can mean to anybody on whatever level in whatever way. But I know what it means to me. And from you know, from a practical and playing level in the instrumentation to a vocal level to a melodic level to isms and all this and that and everything. I feel comfortable that a lot of that will just, just slide in there because it does because you know, um that's part of part of me now as much as everything else, you know, like any any musician who absorbs all the things that they do. You know, sometimes, you know, you you forget that, you know, you're especially when you go around and you've played a lot of other people's songs too and you've even written songs about playing other people's songs, you forget that oh yeah, I I, I write songs and that these count as real songs too and when I listen to them sometimes I just I you know I hear like when I heard that one earlier I'm like yeah that doesn't really sound like anybody now but but me when I hear it you know I don't know that um, so maybe a person does kind of get their own their well, own th- groove on after a while but but so anyway, uh, this is wanna... this is the longest preamble. So we you asked your question, and then before I could I could get it fully <laughs> entered in here. Sorry, so, you're getting a total okay. therapy session. Okay, so this is, but I just want to I want to get us to the song because this is the you know I I love hearing you talk and I love everything yeah, you just said. Yeah, and you can edit this for no, whatever. You I need can, to, but so. I can't. Uh, we're gonna leave the whole thing in there because that's uh, it's you know I think that's really a, a great picture of just the way you think. And now I have the app okay. open. You got to just ask the question. Do you remember what question you asked? Yes. The, the long story short. Uh, and, and only now I'm just going to add the, the slash addendum to it that I made at the end of the, at the long ramble there. And that was, okay. So it is, will I make my masterpiece slash my Beatles album? Okay. Now... I want you to count down, and when you get to when you get to like three, two, one, shake. And when you say shake, I'm gonna shake the app, and we'll get the song. Ready? Here. Okay. Count down for me. Three, two, one, shake. And I'm giving it a shake. Oh goodness. Oh goodness. It's. David Rovick's letter to my landlord. Wow, he's the guy that we that we played the Skeptic Tank show with. <laughs> Remember that gig? That that oh, was yeah. that was in also 2004. That was the show that was was <laughs> at Capital T. I remember that one. Letter to my landlord. Writing you this letter cause among the choices it's probably better 
Then listening to voices raging in my head saying point and shoot. Then after you're dead, your face meets my boot. I don't know your name. It's better that way because I can't play this game. Who knows what I'll say? I feel like I'm burning. I've had it up to here. It's time that you were learning the meaning of fear. I live in these apartments like your private property among your residents. Most of us agree that you're a piece of shit. How does that make you feel? We don't like you one bit and that's for real. We think you're a thief. But you don't care, it seems your one belief Whatever the market will bear Whatever you can get away with What you can make us pay If we ever get justice You should fear that day Landlord Landlord But it's not just you it's all your kin. The things you do cause the state we're in. You bribe the politicians so they'd let you off lead. Now the legal situation's just the one you need. For you to make millions, for profits to be high. But even billions won't be with you when you die. I hope you find the death you seek. Meet the devil that you serve. If you live another week, that's more life than you deserve. Landlord. War you're waging, there's no question who is winning. But if there's any justice, this is only the beginning. The next act in the play will be written by the tenants, and until your dying day, you'll be paying penance. Your assets will be seized, that's a given. You profiteers of misery start spending time in prison. If you can get a job, figure out what you do best. You can keep the house you live in, but we're taking all the rest. Landlord! Landlord! And that was David Rovix with the song Dear Landlord. No, not Dear Landlord. That's the Bob Dylan song. There's nothing dear about this. Letter to my <laughs> landlord, uh, which he was record which he recorded in Olympia, Washington on December twelfth, twenty eighteen, in the basement another basement that we've spent a fair amount of time in. The basement of your friend yeah. Skylar Blake and uh, fellow and bandmate in the hard way and uh, sometimes collaborator and uh, but that wasn't the answer to Skylar Blake's question on that show that was the answer to Rick Fellow's question on that show but now it's the answer to your question will you make your masterpiece slash Beatles album and I have some ideas about how that answers that question but. Uh, I'm curious to know what you think about how that answers your question. Well, it's cool that I, you know, that I've been able to kind of, as I was listening, I was able to, I realized the lyrics were on here and I could scroll down and take a look, which is actually better this way that I brought it up to look at it on this computer where I'm on now. Um, there are a couple of ways that I, I, I could uh, construe sort of like this fight in, you know, in your head for, you know, lack of a better way to put it in, you know, uh, you know, do you even give a rat's ass or not? Because, you know, sometimes, um, you know, there, there are days that'll be, you know, just, you know, when you feel like you do get, uh, whether it's just a simple, nice walk or something that helps clear your head and you go, Oh, I'm, it's just it's nice to not have all the noise there and everything. And maybe the whole reason to exist is to just exist. And, you know, it seems weird because all we do is you know, eat, sleep, you know, 
shit fuck you know the the, the basic your basic uh biological imperatives and what's what is you know they're asking the same question everybody asks forever and ever and what what is it all and sometimes you know i think god you know does my cat ask that every day probably not i don't know does it matter does it matter if you think it matters to you um, uh, and and after a while, this noise kind of builds up, and even that's the thing is after it's peaceful for a while, and it builds up and builds up. And pretty soon, everybody's shouting over everybody else again, and then you've got this war that's waging where you've got like the parent sides of your head, and then like the the just the stubborn child part of you in your head, and you feel like that a lot of you is losing out because you've you you know. For me, it's just, I guess, I don't know, like a, a lot of times, you know, you you dotted your T's and crossed your eyes, you know, that's me. <laughs> and then and a lot of times, I, I think there might have been a lot of self-sabotage. And, that, and uh, I don't really know why, but there, you know, you get these different mixed messages in your head, all, you know, like, especially if you, I don't know, with, I think about it with art, and it's always this eternal thing of like, well, is it, you know, is it something you do or is it, or is it who you are? Anybody, you know, if you're going to make money off of something and it's, well, like it or not, it's something that you're, you're doing. Um, and I, I look at it and I feel like there are, uh, I don't know, there's, there's a line about halfway down through where it seems seems your one belief is whatever the market will bear, whatever you can get away with, what what you can make us pay. It makes me think of again. This is just this is the way that I, I don't know, um these almost like these stupid like bullshit everyday life distractions that you'll like let take precedence over the real stuff that matters when you ought to be able to. What's that thing they say, you know, in network? I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore, you know. Push yourself away from the table and screw this, man. I'm, you know, that's, you, 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 I don't know, like how much, how much can you, um, you know, if, you know, and if you do get it, is it, you know, if you, um, I don't know, do you, it's a kind of a thick thought because I'm I, I, I'm looking at it now too, trying to be like because I, I mean, there's a lot of the obvious stuff that's very right now. This song I think is very timely for just right now, you know, in the oh, circumstances yeah. Oh, yeah. That, we, that we see here. It doesn't right now, but as far as for me, um, you know, I I feel like um, okay, like maybe that the next act in this play would be written by the tenants and um, you. Be paying penance. That's you know may you know part of what I'm, you know saying of these different. I mean I'm going way out there to go ahead and speak about it like there's different. I don't mean like there's different voices and things like that, but there are these different, you know, parts of you, yourself that can keep you locked into this yeah. space where you just like you have one leg longer than the other, and you feel like gosh man, you know it's you know probably all the answers everything is there and you just don't. You know, you don't see it every once in a while. You have these little epiphanies, and um, you know, I want, I want that. I want, you know, I want the loud screaming kid to kind of like have 
have his way where he should here in the right spot here because there's you know there's times to keep your mouth shut and times to not and I think you know if whatever whatever I or anybody might try to say and you know the song that they write or whatever you know you um you just want to be you know, if it's something you're really, you know, you're really feeling, you gotta, you just gotta, you gotta drive it out there. And you gotta be honest, you know. And um, it, uh, it's, um, I don't know, having having every excuse in the world. Like so much of the time, you know, maybe it is just the, the everyday malaise of you know, that everybody, so many people feel in society, just every day, you know, you get done, whether you, you know, you, whatever it is, you know, when you get done working or going to school or now everybody in whatever way that they're doing whatever, because you're more homebound. And still, I mean, there's so many times where you just, you want to, for me, where I just try to like de decompress that way and, you know, I, I let, I, I, I want the the decompression to happen, but the the the, the these uh you know kind of the landlord of my mind I I want to be thrown out on its ass is is the whole thing because um let in, letting intuition you know kind of went over a, little, a lot more is a uh, feels like you know that's a, that that's a big thing. Um, that it help helps me, and um, I don't. I just I kind of feel like I've been, paying, you know, again I, as I'm glancing through the lyrics on here again and everything. There's all these ways where I feel like that. There's also in a lot of my songs, thinking back over time, there's a, a constantly, maybe not so much in them now. I think, but some of the ones around the time of that one that I was talking about before, Invisible Girl, whether, whether it's free or I like elephants, there's a lot of talk about how, you know, there's, you know, there's no free lunch in anything that, you know, even these things, no matter what happens to you, it's probably too good to be true. There's always a price you got to pay here tomorrow, gone today. And maybe that, you know, that this, I can see that tying into that line right there. And, um, maybe tomorrow's finally here. You know, I, I see a tie into I like elephants with that. If I, you know, if I can be so uh, bold, I mean, it's like uh, you played that song. I, I, I feel like you played that song like five in times a very on the show. K. So, Dick esque kind of a way. It's like it, it, it's, it's something that I didn't realize until now, but that totally made sense. That that I wouldn't re- realize what that line meant until the future, because you know, this, maybe it's just that that kind of um, clarity of 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 you know, oh God, you maybe you know you hope that you'll see it sometime, but uh, I don't even think that I was thinking that when I wrote it. But it just it makes sense now, and that you know that 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 this price that you pay, are you gonna are you gonna be you know yeah, like not let that just be in yesterday now, and then let it be realize that you know that all we're essentially doing is breathing in and out constantly, and we pretty much do that for as long as we can, and um that that through you know through my life dealing with, with mental illness struggles and 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 uh, the ups and downs and and realizing that you know that everything is the best way to visualize it for me is like a it is like a wave function and that 
things are going to happen and you can it's all in how you know you choose to react to it and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's really not so good reactions and um but worrying about how that it's going to be and what those how, how the outcome might be can if you do that for too long on things then it can send you into that that cyclone where you you know, I could quote another song, we'll never get out the door because you can have every intention in the world, but if you can't, you know, manage yeah. to, to, to get out of the quicksand, you, it's really easy for, it's really easy to you know, feel kind of all alone like that and not, you know, and, and you, look, you look around and realize that, you know, I, well, yeah, but what about all these songs that you've loved, you know, forever by this, that, I mean, there's a lot of people singing this, and they're probably not just singing that, you know, just to sing it. I mean, in some very, you know, in certain songs, you know, I, I know for sure that whoever was singing whatever, you know, that's got to be, you know, and, um, and, and, and a lot of that is just not over, not overthinking, you know, go crazy and throw it all out there, and you can always, you know, take it away later, but also make oh that was another thing that i got from john bryan and this is another one that i keep telling myself every day one of my just mantras is quick decisions are good decisions you know that's another great quote um and i just it makes me think back to you know let's you know making sergeant pepper on a four track okay well you got all this but you need to make more room so we got to put something together with something else you better be happy with this because these things are married forever now and it's going to be a pain in the ass to try to you know extra you know extricate those tracks later if we need you know decide we want to do anything different with them you know and um uh but that's i don't know there's a to me there's a certain rush to thinking about things like that uh, at least the you know and and a lot of that you know makes me as again as i look at these lyrics it makes me think to just like cleaning house on things right now in the current climate right now i know that i would like to see like a lot of people would <laughs> the house clean completely like in, in, in Washington. And, and I mean, really, I'd like to see big parts of our government fundamentally. <laughs> it's a sad thing that we haven't taken more of it. I mean, as I reflect on all of these things during this lockdown of, you know, how it was for one person to take stock and, you know, how can, how, how good or how better could I have made use in, of my time and how am I trying to do it now? I really think that, you know, our government, you know, really, when it seems to me when things are really, really down, that's the time to, why, why patch it up when you could, you know, you don't have to, don't have to break it and destroy it completely, but you need to, just, you know, cut the cord on the things that ain't working, and I just feel like we're always afraid to, 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 you know, to do that uh, at times when, when it would be a... <laughs> perhaps in our best interest and sadly in recent years we've we've gone kind of the other direction on that we're you know taking big big chances and in, in in ways that we, we can see how it's resulted and that's why you know i think it now like yeah i mean the whole the whole government i mean as far as i'm concerned they're they're all the landlord <laughs> just they can all i mean but i i mean i know specific specifically you know from my own political viewpoints which I don't care about, you know, that sharing. It's fine. I'm, I would like to see everything completely swept over blue for now. I mean, because I don't, 
you know, I know that I, I, I know that there's nothing, I know, that I, I know, that, you know, that I'd really, I'm really, really sad about the fact that there's somebody, you know, let's face it, about to be confirmed for the Supreme Court in an unprecedented and illegal as all hell um, series of maneuvers, and that, again, it seems like how come nobody can do anything about it? <laughs> Even when everybody rallies to say, well, it just, you know, you, you, a lot of times, you know, you feel like, God, you know, I guess well, the thing is that pe things do change, but they just change so damn slow. And that for every time that there's one step, it's the whole, well, you know. Let's, I, I want to, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that that's where the song directed you. But remember that your question was about will you make your masterpiece slash Beatles <laughs> album. And I had a couple of ideas about how the song I know, related yeah, I guess to I that, started off with that and then that, I took it off into it. Well, no, no, that yeah. was good. But, uh, I, I mean, to me, the main thing, there were two main things that jumped out at me. One, well, I guess three. One was just the urgency of the song. But the song is a letter to, like, whatever letter to my landlord, that's what he's writing but a letter to someone. We were talking about the Juliet letters. We were talking about the let the Cobain voicemails. So it's already been a theme oh, yeah. here. And I do think that the key, I don't think you can try to, I think it's very hard to, I mean, it's very hard to try and make a masterpiece. I understand. And I like the, how you said that would a Beatles album, whatever that means to you. And I think we probably share a similar definition, which is that it's just trying to make the absolute best, most diverse album that hits you in a way that comes out of you in the way that Beatles albums hit you when you were a kid and you were just having your mind blown by it. And yeah, it's exactly so, it. And yeah. With not really any regard to how anybody else. Right. Would like, it's just you know, like, contextualize it or anything. yeah, no, you're not trying to do a genre. You're not trying to, establish a sound you're just trying to be the most the freest version of yourself in the studio and, and to, to bring the songs to life yeah. right and but and to make sure that you are connected to the songs right and so i think that's the thing is like you can't to try and make a masterpiece is to fail at making a masterpiece but to have like if there's someone or something that you're trying to communicate to and you communicate that. Like, that's why so many great records come out of breakups, because someone's like, re they're just singing to the person who broke their heart. And it's just mm -hmm. like, like, it may not, like, they're not trying to write a masterpiece. They're trying to t reach one person with all of their heart and soul and all their talent and all their, you know, and then you may not, you, you may reach that person. You may not, you may never reach that person, but you might end up with a masterpiece, right? And so I think, so that was the one idea is that the key to even being in the ballpark is to be, to know who you are trying to get through to, like very specific, in a way that brings out the kind of passion that David, David Rovix has for his landlord. Like it might be for, like, I don't know what it is for you, but if you want to do, and this is also for listeners, if you want to try and get to a masterpiece, don't try and make a masterpiece Try and say what you need to say to the person who you most need to say it to. And then the other thing I was thinking about, because we were talking about that you live, like you're in a certain sense, you're the Lord of your land is the man whose spirit 
hangs over it and draws pilgrims to your door on a regular basis. So I'm not saying that that would be the that he would be the person that you'd be writing to, but I would think that there's something about that the the relationship. I always feel like a person's relationship to for me, my relationship to place really defines me as an artist in a lot of ways, in some ways that are pleasant to me, some ways that are unpleasant to me, but in ways that are totally unavoidable to me. Like this song, this session we're talking about with David was recorded in a basement in Olympia, right next to a graveyard where I used to go and walk around and when I was a depressed kid talking to the graves because no one, because I was so like sad and in need of therapy. And Kids love graveyards, though, yeah. man. I, I I loved graveyards as a kid. Right, you can Mine trust those. Road one. Yeah, you can trust those ghosts. Are generally they like they just are happy to have anyone paying attention to them. And anyway, I guess my my point is just that like where you are is whether it's unavoidable. So it's either a strength or it's a weakness. So something about that. So those are like the three elements that I thought of in terms of creating a masterpiece. One, some, who, you, who you're speaking to and where you're speaking about it. And then the whatever is something about the intensity of what, like like you said, you are motive, you're, you were easily drawn into the social, uh, the social consciousness and awareness and activist energy of this song, it brought it into your conversation. And so... Yeah, I guess that, yeah. Maybe there, and there's also something there, because I also know, I happen to know that some of the songs you've been writing over the last few years have been more explicitly, I wouldn't say political in the sense of like advocating for a candidate, but are very mm-hmm. much songs of this world and of this moment speaking to to this moment in a way that yeah of which or not all your songs do been working on actually pretty much at the moment so yeah so all of that felt like it's very it's very positive and i feel like it actually gave you and it is a direction and 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 it ties in actually now what you're saying because yeah because i am like i said before doing all this you know, laying it sort of down in real time at the moment as I'm feeling all this going on around me and going, you know, man, nothing just, this is almost just to cosmically say like, well, shit, nothing ever really gets any better, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, except you're playing, and, <laughs> you know, right? Except, nothing... uh, you know, and <laughs> but then you find out then again, like I said, the you know, the, 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 the drawbacks of having with all this social distancing and, you know, when you're not playing with other people as much and you tend not to play as much. And like I said, I'm always playing in my head all the time. So I have this horrible habit of like, you know, I'll just compose and write songs in my head without ever having picked them up uh, on an instrument to check anything on. And then by the time I do, I'm like, okay, yeah, it works and everything. It's great. But then I'm like, yeah, well, great. Now you have to figure out how to play it. Or, or if you already know how to play it, you haven't, or if it's a song, you know, that you, know, you haven't played in a while, then you got to, you know, dust off the rust and that kind of thing. And so that's, what's been kind of frustrating is you just jump right in and record and I, that, but that's the game this time. I told myself, okay, we're not going to have a warm up this time on anything. Uh, we're jumping in naked into the cold, deep end of the pool and, and you you're gonna uh, just uh, deal with it, and <laughs> um, you know, and and uh, uh, for some reason, you know, it's uh, yeah, um, it's yeah. all right. Well, you know, so we've talked so much about your music, 
and I'll try to when we when I mix this, I'll try to drop in some stuff when you're talking about it, so people can kind of hear when you're talking about out the door. Maybe hear it, play a clip of that. I hope I'll be able to. It'll fit in. I elegantly. just kept thinking of the little things that can connect into there, but I just again it kind of well, just went one thing into the other. So no, okay. no, that's cool. But I guess what I was wondering is. Is there a possibility that any of the songs that might appear on a new record are in a state where you'd be willing to let us play one of them going out of this podcast? Um, not just yet. I'm okay. I'm still like I like I said. It's I'm pretty particular about it at the moment. But um, but uh, well, you're you're saying like in the you know it went in for next week's or whatever. Yeah. It's okay. Um, you know what? I you I, I can give you a I I I'd kinda rather not let like any production stuff of it, but I can give you certainly a a a, a perform a, a performance of it, the of me just playing and singing it. Um Which song? Uh, um either oh geez, there's a couple of them. There's the, the, the real dandy, which is the one that I'm spending the, the most time working on, which is National Suicide. But then there's also a uh, song called Yay, We're All Gonna Die. There's another one that... Uh, Yay, We're All What? A, Yay, We're All Gonna Die. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, and then there's... Then there's... Uh, uh, I Can't Hear You... There's a, uh, and then there's a really good, there's one, there's God, there's this one song I, I showed it to Luke and I said, man, I said, this is one where I really want to like get together and play with you guys and get, or with somebody because it's the most like rock and roll song that, that I've heard. I've only heard it in my head, but I've heard it in years and years, like real, like proper, like with the rock and the roll and like before all the schlock and all that, but it kicks, I mean, it's like the best cheap trick song that there never was, but it's, um, it's a song called Total Fucking Bullshit, and it's completely... Wait a second. I wrote a song called Total Fucking Bullshit. How did you... It could be It could be a sister song. <laughs> it could even be a sister song to this landlord song, even for that, totally, as well. Holy cow. Okay. Shmushkin's gonna wow, get... Wow, so you have a song with what? the exact same fucking... Yeah, issue. I was like, Shmu- I... <laughs> that's, you know, that's the name of Shmushkin's record. His first record okay, was called Total I'm, Fucking Bullshit. Either I feel that's like where I had that. I feel like Shmushkin. You know what? You know what? That's great. That's great. All that's all Shmushkin wants to do is influence the. Young. I think it subliminally got to me because yeah, I was. I love once it. in a while, you know, I'll, I'll jot these things down and I'll try to like be like, where have I heard this before? Well, what, now whatever. you have to share that. You now you okay, have now I've got that piece of the puzzle because <laughs> like I played that song for a few people like recently just like I mean just on acoustic guitar and played it and it's just a ripping it's a fun song to play and it's just uh, well Shmushkin's Shmushkin's uh, total fucking bullshit is not rocking at all it is mournful <laughs> and sad so. This is perfect. Maybe maybe you and uh, you and Shmushkin should put out a split a split a split single. <laughs> total fucking bullshit times two. <laughs> like it's be, it's yeah, not total yeah, fucking too. bullshit until it's total fucking bullshit times two. That's how much fucking bullshit it is. <laughs> the, the two sides of the same coin. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's yeah, but, it's a it's a two it's a, a two shitted coin. You know, have a two headed coin like this, like on both. On both sides, your coin is just a poop emoji. 
Like that's welcome yeah. to 2020. That feels like that. Honestly, that you're talking about the election. That's what the election feels like to me is a coin <laughs> with shit on both sides. For giving your attention and intention to this episode of Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The Appening with our guest Scott Taylor of The Hard Way, please remember to subscribe to Radio 8 Ball on your podcast app. And if you like the show, please help other people find us by rating and reviewing Radio 8 Ball positively. If you tell your synchronicity story, I'll read it on the show. Of course, we encourage you to download the Radio 8 Ball app from the iTunes App Store. And finally, I do hope you'll join our Patreon campaign and follow us backstage for my Pop Oracle reading, where I asked, What is the key to overcoming oppression patterns that separate allies? The Patreon link is in the show notes. We're going to go out with a double dose of total fucking bullshit. First, from Andy Schmushkin, and then a world premiere from this week's guest, Scott Taylor. And with that, I'm out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. You're as true as television. You're as pure as yellow snow. Been dumbed down with exquisite precision and now you're free to go. I've been thinking about what you said and I've decided it's total fucking bullshit. It's total fucking bullshit. Should you not? It's total And well publicized, no one can deny it. Oh no, but the things you champion and the things you criticize.
Good morning, motherfuckers. Welcome to the shit show. We can't get you what you really need. Oh no, oh no. Are you starting to feel like living is a crime? Well, might still have a church enough. I could get my shit together and Everyone's an exhibitionist and everyone's a voyeur. If you think you're not, then guess what also makes you a fucking liar? Out here on this nightmare carousel. No fun intended, everybody's not so happy nowadays. Bullshit! Total fucking bullshit! Total fucking bullshit! Ah! 